back, listeners, to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are once again venturing into the extended podcast universe for another episode of Rob's Reviews. We're covering something a little different today with a review on Minions The Rise of Gru. Set in the 70s with the soundtrack and visuals to match, it's a fun and funky family movie. So I have a special new co-host for this episode instead of bringing my brother Eric along. So please welcome to the show for the first time, my oldest daughter, Lillian. I'm really excited to have her here today to talk about this. Uh, She's got a a two-year career in broadcasting, so this was kind of the next uh, evolution of of that career. So uh, Lily, welcome to the Matt Goes to the Movies Network. Thank you. So Lil, for... Listeners who don't have any idea who you are and what you like, I think it would be good to start with just talking a little bit about, I'm going to ask you some questions about movies you like, uh, shows you like, things that the Matt Goes to the Movies audience will certainly be able to relate to. So what are your favorite kinds of movies to watch? I would personally say comedy and action. So we're a big fan of the Marvel movies in our house. What would you say are your favorite three MCU movies or shows? Which ones have you liked the most? I would say Captain America the Winter Soldier because it's a really good movie. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. And I would have to say WandaVision. All really good choices and favorites uh, of ours here at MGTTM. Uh, Who's your favorite Avenger? Black Widow. Another good choice. All right. So, favorite Star Wars movie, and I'm going to warn you, if you, say the ro- if you say the one that you know you're not allowed to say, I'm going to end this recording now and then delete it forever. There's, there's a specific movie that if you say is your favorite Star Wars movie, you'll be disowned and we'd have to move out immediately. Rogue One. Okay, that's a good choice. You didn't say The Last Jedi, you're allowed to stay. We'll keep rolling the recording then. Alright, so, how about a favorite Star Wars character? Princess Leia. Another great choice. So this is something that we talk about a lot on Matt Goes to the Movies. Uh, you know, Star Wars is certainly a major part of the history of the show. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the show actually started with just with Matt shut down from work tw- uh, you know, in 2020, like a lot of us were, uh, sitting at home, um, kind of thinking about some different things. And he wanted to record a couple of episodes on uh, the Star Wars Skywalker, Skywalker Saga. And that was literally what the show was called, the Skywalker Saga. And through some encouragement from a couple of different people, he decided to change the name to Matt Goes to the Movies. And, uh, and, and here we are two years later. Um, so Star Wars certainly has a near and dear place in our hearts. Um, and something that we've kind of been talking about as we as we reviewed the whole saga uh, for the one year anniversary of the show is what does Star Wars mean to everybody? And what I mean by that is different generations seem to be latching on to different eras of of Star Wars. So Matt and I, you know, definitely feel like Star Wars to us is the original trilogy. You know, with with A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Uh, friend of the show, Harrison from the Basement Binge, you know, he really relates much more to the prequel trilogy because that's what Star Wars was as he was coming of age. So, uh, Lily, between the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy, and, and some of the uh, other shows that have hit Disney Plus, you know, when you think about what, when you think of Star Wars, what really resonates to you and and your friends at school? I would say The Mandalorian and the newer things because that's what's hitting stores and that's what everyone thinks about now when they think of Star Wars at my age. 
So you would say more, say like um, Mando and Baby Yoda. By the way, we don't we don't force anybody to say Grogu on the MGTTM network. It's fine to just call him Baby Yoda. We're cool with that. Um, so you you probably associate more with that than you would say even like Ray and Finn and those characters, right? Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. So. All right, we're going to go ahead and move into our review of Minions The Rise of Gru. We are going to stay spoiler-free at first. Uh, it's currently in theaters, which is how we watched it last night. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about, you know, what just what your spoiler-free reactions are and if this is something that you should see. So, uh, spoiler-free reactions, I'll go ahead and start. Um, if you like the humor of Despicable Me and you like the overall vibe... This is nothing you haven't seen before. It's it's fun. It's you know you get the minions doing minion kind of things. They're they're goofy. They're silly. They light each other on fire. You know they show their butts a couple of times. The music is fun. Gru is is a lot of fun. Um, it's it's something that um, if you if you're into this series, you're gonna have a good time. Now in terms of do I think this is something that you need to see in theaters or wait till it hits streaming? That's kind of up to you. If you're looking for a fun family night out, absolutely go see this. But um, if it's something that you're just really into it, but you're not sure if it's time, I think this is one that you can probably wait till it hits streaming, uh, depending on what your availability looks like. So, uh, Lily, spoiler-free thoughts. And, you know, is this something that you would recommend people go see in theaters, or is it is it something that you think you could probably wait till it hits streaming? I would say around the same thing as you. Um if you are looking for something fun to do with your family, I would say go see this in theaters. It's just really funny. But you can also wait for it to hit streaming services. Do you think you need to have seen any of the other films leading up? So there's three Despicable Me films plus a Minions you know, uh, offshoot movie. And this is technically a sequel, even though it has a lot of Gru in it. Do you think people need to have seen the other films to sort of get this movie? I don't think you need to have seen any of the other films, honestly. If we're going in chronological order, you would see this one first because it is based in the 70s and it's when Gru is starting to actually really become a villain and he's only 11 years old, so it's really funny stuff too. Yeah, you get to see Gru as you know an elementary school age kid. Um, you get to see more with his mom. You get to see him kind of starting to become the supervillain. You see him in the, the costume that we associate him with later. He's got the big nose. You know, I, I'm not sure if they modified Steve Carell's voice to make him sound younger, if that's just something that you know, he was able to do on his own. But um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that I think are, are neat Easter eggs that I recognize from this movie. I mean, we've watched a lot of the Despicable Me movies several times in, in our house. Um, I think there's little nods, things like that, but there's nothing here where you're going to be lost if you've never seen any of the other Despicable Me movies. So uh, if you're a parent listening to this, trying to decide if you want to take your kids, maybe your kids have seen the movies prior to it and you haven't, and you're trying to decide if you're going to feel like you, you don't know what's going on, you're fine. Go ahead and see it. You don't have to have seen any of it. This film stands on its own. Uh, if you have seen some of the other movies, um, there are some fun nods, like I said, and we're going to talk about those in a little bit. So we're going to go ahead and move on to spoiler territory now. We're going to go into a segment we call Least and Likes. And we're going to talk about favorite scene, favorite character, least favorite scene, and least favorite character. So, Lily, go ahead and go first. What was your favorite scene? 
I would have to say that my favorite scene was the pool scene where Wild Knuckles tells Gru as he is captured that he's bored, so why doesn't he just go do some chores for him and be useful? So he has him go to his pool and clean it out, which he forgets to tell young Gru that there are alligators in there, and Gru is like, mm, I think I'm good. So Wild Knuckles shows him, quote unquote, how it's done, and accidentally falls into the pool. And they have pretty much like this battle almost scene where Gru is trying to save him desperately, but not pretty much get killed himself. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. There's there's a lot of that same kind of slapstick comedy. You know, th- this is sort of the modern version of Looney Tunes where, you know, there's there's catastrophic injuries that should happen to most of these these characters that they just kind of uh, dust themselves off and move on. So um, my favorite scene was when uh, Kevin Stewart and Bob, the, you know, the three minions we see the most, um, they meet Michelle Yeoh's character and they begin their kung fu training. Uh, I think, the, you know, that, that scene kind of gets cut up a little bit. It's interspersed with other things. But uh, seeing the three of them do that, Michelle Yeoh is fantastic, um, as, as she is in everything. Um, you know, I first became aware of her in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I, I think she's fantastic. I really enjoy her. Um, so uh, she's teaching them Kung Fu, and, and it's it's a kind of a training montage, but also kind of not. You know, it's a training montage with minions in it, so you can sort of imagine where that goes. Uh, but then when they show up later on after they've, you know, I'm doing air quotes here. You can't see it on, in audio, but um, they've completed their training, and they all show up because, again, everything is, is based in the 70s. Um, they show up in the yellow Bruce Lee inspired jumpsuits and that just, that was a laugh out loud moment for me. So, um, I would say that's my favorite scene. Uh, favorite character out of all of the ones in there, Lil, do you have a favorite character? I would have to say other than like just Gru and the minions as the main people, I would have to say the young Dr. Nefario. I love how they introduce him as just working. He's like a young kid and he is starting to create his inventions and he gives Gru his first invention and I think it's just really cool to see him like before he's pretty much dirt old. Yeah, he's it's it is fun to see him, particularly if you've seen the other movies and you know Dr. Nefario a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with Master Chow, Michelle Yeoh's character. I thought she was really funny without getting too far into some of the stereotypes we see with the, you know, the Asian Kung Fu masters. I thought she was a lot of fun. So I'll go first for least favorite scene. Um, I would say, and frequent listeners of Matt Goes to the Movies know that one of the things I hate more than anything is, is lazy screenwriting and just overused tropes. I'm not really sure there's a lot of defense for these these overused tropes that we see in movies again and again. And we get a moment uh, kind of early into the film where Groot gets an invitation. I'm sorry, Groot, not Groot. Holy cow. Um, Groot gets an invitation to apply for an opening with the Vicious Six. So he's trying to go. He knows that the minions are, are kind of you know morons and are, are likely to get in the way. So he tries to send them away and tell them he doesn't need them anymore. And it's... It's very sad. It's heartbreaking. And we've seen it so many times. And it's kind of unnecessary. It doesn't really add anything to the movie. And it's just kind of one of those sad kind of, you know, we see this all the time. Somebody 
um, tries to get rid of some uh, another character or a series of characters that have helped them on the way up. Um, and they, now that they've got a shot at the big time, they just dismiss them and, and you know completely break their hearts um, unnecessarily. So only to ultimately in the end realize that they needed them all along. We've seen this so many times uh, in so many movies, and uh, I would call that my least favorite scene. So, Lily, do you have a least favorite scene? I would have to say the same scene. All right, so let's get into maybe a least favorite character. Um, there's there's quite a few minor characters all throughout this. Um, you know, there's it's kind of an ensemble cast. Certainly, we get a lot with Gru. We get a lot with Wild Knuckles. Um, we get a lot with with Kevin, Bob, and Stuart. Uh, but of any of the main characters or side characters, do you have a least favorite character? I would have to say that my least favorite character is in the Vicious Six because there's one dude with, like, this half-lobster arm and he doesn't really do anything. He's just, like, kind of there. Pretty much what the Vicious Six is written in supposed to do, but I just feel like we could have gone without him. He really never did anything. I don't even think he said two words in the movie. He was just there. So I'm going to kind of... Uh, steal that for a second because my least favorite character really isn't one character it's it's least favorite characters and the vicious six overall are very underutilized um we get bell bottom who is kind of the the newly appointed leader after they boot wild knuckles out but the rest of the the you know the remaining four of them we really don't get much with them you know they're they're there in some of the fight scenes but they're you know, and it's it's sad because we have um, you know Taraji P Henson as Bell Bottom, um, so we get her. Uh, John Claude, who is your kind of the one that you were talking about that has the mechanical lobster claw, who's played by Jean Claude Van Damme. Um, not that you would really know it, because I think he's he's other than a couple of grunts, I'm not sure he really has any lines. Uh, you get Lucy Lawless as Nunchuck, uh, you know, the, which is kind of a funny play on words, but they really don't use her much. Uh, you get Dolph Lundgren, of all people, as uh, Svengeance, which is kind of funny. Uh, and then Danny Trejo as Stronghold. So you, you really do have a good cast for voice actors there um, that I wish we would have kind of seen a little bit more of them uh, and given them a reason. Because when, they, when they've when they got their kind of their airships and things like that, there's some really clever character designs with them um, that just kind of get underutilized. So I wish I wish we would have gotten just a little bit more with the uh, the Vicious Six. So... We're going to move on to some Easter eggs. We talked a little bit how you don't need to have seen any of the other films in this series to have an appreciation for what you're seeing with with Minions, The Rise of Gru. But there are some details and some Easter eggs. I talked about some of the voice cast, which I think, you know, anytime I'm watching animated movies, you know, I'll hear somebody's voice. And I'm sure you listening at, at, uh, at home, in the car, on the train, wherever you are right now, on the treadmill, out walking the dog. Um, you know, I'm sure that you'd kind of do some of the same things I do where you hear uh, an animated film because you don't have the person's face. You go, oh, oh, who is that? Oh, my God, it's driving me nuts. Um, so the first couple of Easter eggs, you know, we've already covered with naming the voice cast. Um, but some of the ones that I thought were pretty cool, if uh, when you when you first see Wild Knuckles house uh, and Gru's going through it, one of the things that I picked up on right away and Lily, I know you saw this, too. Um, the alligator kind of couches that Gru had uh, in his house in the first Despicable Me movie. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a cool nod to what ends up happening down there. You know, you really get the impression that Gru really respects Wild Knuckles and either inherited 
his furniture or was really inspired and wanted to do his lair kind of the same way um, that Wild Knuckles did. Um, Vector, one of the villains from the first movie, we get a picture of him as a child at the Bank of Evil. I thought that was kind of cool. It was it was neat to see him. We also get to see the airship for the first time that Gru drives around in the in the first movies, which I thought that was kind of fun to see how he got that. Um, we also get to see how Gru meets Dr. Nefario. Lily, you mentioned it earlier, but I thought that was kind of cool. Again, it's not over the top. Uh, and one of the things that I've always kind of complained about with prequels, and it's something that we covered with our Obi-Wan series breakdown, there's always a danger with things that happen in a prequel that then don't make sense later when you think about all the other things that, that you know, they end up either being continuity breaking, they get retconned, you know, there's there's just problems when you're doing prequels, um, that just things don't line up later. I actually think that as a prequel, this works really effectively, um, and it just kind of helps you understand a little bit more about these characters. So getting a chance to see how Gru and Dr. Nefario meet for the first time was pretty cool. Um, I, I know I laughed out loud when Gru is kidnapped and he's being held upside down and he has to call his mom and he's he's doing it on a rotary phone which made me absolutely die laughing because those things just took forever. Lily, have you ever even seen a rotary phone before? Uh no, I've there was a play one when I was little at one of our grandparents' houses, but other than that, no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because like your generation, the idea of of slamming a phone down when you're angry at somebody like the like you can't angrily hit the end button on a touchscreen. Like you guys will never really know what what it's like to you know slam a phone down when you're when you're upset. But just you know, there was little nods like that. Certain things about. 70s era technology that I'm thinking to myself, wow, there's probably a lot of kids that have no idea what's going on. Um, you know, and, and the 70s really are permeated throughout this with the music. I, I think one of the highlights of the Minions and Despicable Me series is definitely the music. Uh, there's The music has always been super fun, um, and, and you have it here. I mean, I I'm, will never be confused with a fan of disco. I, I personally really hate disco. So I think they made some smart choices with keeping it more of a funk based sound as opposed to like true uh, over the top, you know, ABBA, you know, village people kind of, uh, of, of a sound. So, uh, Lily, were there any other Easter eggs that you noticed or little details, um, that connect this film to the other, uh, in the series that you thought were pretty cool? Um, I really only think like Kevin and Bob because they're the three minions that are always in every single movie. Um, one thing I do wish that they would have had in there though is the one minion and he only showed up in this movie. His name is Otto and I wish he would have... They would have tied up ends with him because he is never in any of the other movies, even though we know that this movie is made before the others came out, so they wouldn't have had an option before. But I wish they would have done something with that, but it really doesn't do anything for the rest of the movie. It was still so good. You know, I think what's interesting about that... um in doing a little bit of research for this, I had seen some things that, that lead you to think this is maybe the middle part of a sequel. You know, we have three Despicable Me films. All are super fun, and I recommend them. Go go check those out. Um, you have a Minions film. Then you have this, which is, is technically a sequel to Minions. 
Um, I think there's definitely enough groundwork laid uh, that there could be a third, you know, Minions movie, maybe grew in high school, uh, grew in college. I don't know, Lily, what would you like to see if they, would you like to see another Minions sequel? And if so, like, what would you like to see it focus on? I definitely would like to see another Minions sequel, you know, more butt showing of the Minions is always funny. But I think for Gru, I would like to see him in, like, middle school and high school because that's always kind of weird. Like, maybe he would try and, like, drop the villain thing because it's, like, not cool anymore and then pick it back up. So that might be kind of cool. I would definitely watch that. So definitely if uh, if they make a third uh, Minions movie, if they make a, a sequel to this one, uh, our family will likely have tickets for it and, and be there to check it out. So um, any other Easter eggs or uh, anything else that you want to uh, cover before we start ranking this thing? I do not believe that there are any other Easter eggs. All right. So at, at Matt Goes to the Movies, we do a one to five uh, rating and we assign it a number of reels. Uh, which, you know, thinking about all of the things that are different for a 12-year-old compared to what I grew up with, you know, movies don't come on reels anymore. <laughs> they're all just on a hard drive and they're downloaded digitally. Um, and that's how the theaters show them. So they're no longer on a reel anymore, which is just kind of funny to think about as I'm sitting here. Um, but we do rank them one to five reels. Uh, typically on Rob's reviews here in the extended podcast universe, we use a little bit different of a ranking because Eric and I are covering films that are iconic to us and, and just memorable and have meant a ton to us over, over a lifetime. So, you know, a one to five ranking just isn't kind of the same, but we're going to use the, the standard one to five reels, uh, for this movie because it's brand new and, and doesn't really have time to become a permanent fixture. So I'm going to go first, um, this movie is a lot of fun. It doesn't break any new ground. It follows a lot of the same kind of formula that's set up by uh, previous installments in this series. And, you know, ultimately, it's one of those things, if you like the other ones, you're going to like this. If you're so-so on the other ones, you may not actually really like this. Because, it again, it doesn't really do a whole lot new. It's It does show you Gru as, as a young child, which is kind of fun. Um... But it lacks some of the heart and charm I think you get with the Gorals, if I'm pronouncing it the same way that Gru does, uh, you know, when we get them in, uh, in the Despicable Me movies. Um, but overall, would I watch this again, you know, when it hits streaming and you and your brother and sister want to watch it, would I put it on and sit down and watch it with you? Absolutely. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to give it uh, out of five reels, 3.5 reels is my official rating. Uh, Lily, how many reels out of five would you assign it? I would say 4 and 4.5, kind of just like in between there, because same thing, it's not as funny if the girls aren't in there, but I think it was still hilarious, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Fantastic. Well, we do have a different kind of ranking system on Rob's reviews that we are going to actually use for this. And that's where Eric and I typically refer to something. Uh, we call it Pantheon points. And what we do here is we kind of, it's, it's sort of just, you make up how you want to rank something. So, um, you can, you can rank this movie, uh, you know, in your top animated movies, you could, you could give it a rating out of, you know, where do you rank this in the series? Um, where do you, you know, where do you rank the the Despicable Me series as a whole amongst the animated films? You can kind of just make it up. So I'll go ahead and go first in terms of what kind of pantheons I assign this to. I, 
I don't like this movie better than the first three Despicable Me movies. I, I definitely like those three the best out of this series. I think I enjoy this more than the previous uh, Minions film. So I would say out of the Despicable Minions, uh, you know, to match them together, out of the Despicable Minions franchise, I've got this uh, in fourth place out of five. Um, thinking about the franchise as a whole... I really do enjoy Despicable Me. I think I think it's just fun. I think Steve Carell is fantastic. I think the minions are funny. Sometimes it's a little bit too... I mean, they really lean into the toilet humor sometimes. And that's fine, because ultimately it's a kid's movie. It's supposed to be kind of silly and, and kind of gross at times. Um, the voice performances are always great. So to me, you know, just kind of thinking about Despicable Me as, as a franchise, um, I don't like it better than, say, How to Train Your Dragon. You know, to me, that's that's one of the best animated series of all time. I don't think I like this series better than, say, Shrek. I think there's a lot of there's some low points in Shrek for sure, but there's some really, really high points there, too. Uh, I feel pretty confident I could assign Despicable Me. It's in my top five for animated series. So, Lily, you can use any of my kind of, uh, of rankings or you can make up your own. Like, how do you really categorize this movie? Where would you sort of rank it as you think about movies that you like? I would say that it's definitely in my top five animated movie series. It's just so hilarious, and the minions are a big part of that, too, because they just make things so funny, and the fact that you don't even understand what their language is, but you still find it so funny is kind of funny to me. And I just think it's a really great franchise that they've put together. And the voice acting is always great. Awesome. Uh, that's going to do it for our mini review of Minions, The Rise of Gru. Uh, before we go, want to just let listeners know to make sure you subscribe to Matt Goes to the Movies everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, it's the best way to stay in, in touch with everything that's coming out. So many big things coming from the channel over the next couple of weeks. Uh, there should be another episode of Rob's Reviews coming with my brother Eric. Uh, we, we, we know the film we're going to cover. Uh, he's getting his uh, extended playlist put together for everybody who's enjoyed those. Uh, so we are looking forward to recording that soon. Um, on Matt Goes to the Movies on the, on the, uh, on the big show, uh, look forward to a review of Prey, the new Predator film that's hitting Hulu very soon. So if you want to watch along with us, you know, check that out. It releases uh, this weekend. Um, we're looking to get a review up for that. Uh, we're also going to jump into the Jason Bourne series throughout the month of August. So uh, make sure you check that out. We've got recent reviews of the entire Jurassic Park, Jurassic World franchise. Uh, Matt's done a couple of uh, one-offs here and there. You'll get some reviews on uh, Thor Love and Thunder on the channel. So make sure you check all those out. If you enjoy uh, Matt Goes to the Movies, you will definitely also enjoy our friend Harrison's show, The Basement Binge. Uh, Matt and I are currently in the middle of uh, a full breakdown of the Transformer series as guests uh, of Harrison's on The Basement Binge. So uh, if you haven't subscribed to that show, the links for that will be in the show notes. Uh, so make sure you check those out. Those will be coming out very soon. We're covering all of the live-action Transformers films as well as the 1986 animated classic. Uh, Lily, have you been in, you've been doing a lot of the uh, watches of the Transformer films with me. Have you been enjoying watching the Transformers films so far? Or has there been a couple of them you're like, oh, geez, I forgot how bad that was? I think that they're pretty good. There are some parts where I'm like, oh, that was not 
that entertaining in the movies, but overall, I think it's been pretty good. Cool. So make sure you check that out uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for now. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for downloading the show, and thank you for listening. And we will see you very soon back here on Matt Goes to the Movies.